0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. I'm Chris, joined by my brothers, Adam. Hello. And Eric. Hello. Uh, We are back in the room once more to give our take on video games. This week, because of the very recent launch of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, we are going to be giving our take on choice-based games because Mass Effect did a lot of things, and it was special for a lot of reasons, But one of the biggest talking points about Mass Effect, or one of the things that resonated with people the most, was the choices. People always ask, did you play Renegade? Did you play Paragon? Are you neutral? Who did you romance? All that stuff. And so with that in mind, we will talk a little bit about Mass Effect as well, but we're going to branch off into choice-based games in general. Now, obviously, all games have an element of choice, right? (laughs) because it's like hey which weapon did you use <laughs> for the final <laughs> boss fight or whatever so we're not talking about choices in general because that could that's everything that's just games
1: oh <laughs> well, there goes You're, my discussion
0: yeah that's oh shit scrap the episode What we're, we're really talking about games where your choices actually uh, shape the events of the narrative or have some sort of effect on the way the narrative plays out whether it's like a main function of the game like some of the telltale games for example or whether it's just like my the- favorite <laughs> I- adam's favorite or whether it's just like one big choice at the end of the game that gives you alternative endings but it does actually have a big impact on the experience of the game so if you're watching this on youtube be sure at any point to jump down into the comments and share your thoughts on some of your favorite choice based games. Some of the hardest choices you've ever had to make in games. And also, when you're playing Mass Effect, are you Renegade or are you Paragon? And if you're listening on audio platforms, you can touch base on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Take Again, to let us know your take on choice-based games. As well, if you're listening on YouTube, be sure to give this video a thumbs up. Hit subscribe and click the notification bell if you are enjoying this and if you want to see all of our future content. without further ado, let's get into this. There should be a metal version of our theme tune. What genre? I just said metal. <laughs> yeah, but... <there's laughs> like, what oh, genre. What's yeah. your go-to... What's your choice, metal? <laughs> what's I your uh, go-to it. metal choice? I think it would be... For fun, it would be that like ridiculous kind of 80s style metal isn't it like the like heavy metal right M- like man of war right <laughs> I think it's always so fucking that's that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. or that would be- black metal because how can you take that so seriously that's like <laughs> that is so funny, so one of those two would be good do you think anyone takes black metal seriously, yes. <laughs> I mean people did die for that genre so I suppose those guys took it pretty seriously. I think I think the fans of black metal take it seri- more serious than the people who play it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. The people yeah. who play it are just like isn't this just ridiculous? <laughs> the fan. Yeah. <laughs> and the fans the fans hate other fans. It's like you can't be a fan. Yeah, they, they like gatekeep Yeah, it's like you can't Why? be a fan. I'm a fan of this thing. You can't all be fans. And then they enter Mortal Kombat. Anyway. <laughs> Getting back to the top that of That should be the sequel to Brutal Legend. Fuck. Do you remember Brutal Legend? Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking game. I loved the... Well, no, not what a game. But I loved the intro to it where he was, you know, the roadie on the side of the stage. Yeah, yeah. And there was the band and they were doing this real pop punk. They had like a real heavy riff. And then it goes into like a pop punk song with rap verses, and I was like, "That's fucking hilarious." <laughs> and he's just like, "Rock is dead, <laughs> <laughs> is
2: dead, or something like that." But <laughs> I just love the little
0: kind of like militia of headbangers, and they all have yeah. like they all have like Corey Taylor nicks. <laughs> <laughs> a weird game, you know. There's a video on YouTube of Jack Black playing that, so go check that out because Jack Black does every so often game reviews yes what's what's (laughs) the name of his fucking channel again joe blow or something is it no is it jables plays or i don't know something like that yeah Yeah. Yeah, it would make sense that it would be jables speaking of playing and before we get into um the the topic of today what are people currently or what have people been playing just to catch people up on where we're Mm. at the moment um Eric, why don't you shock and embarrass the two of us on this gaming podcast with fucking hundreds of games or hundreds of playthroughs of games that you've done? All right.
1: What are you talking about? I don't play games that much at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. So at the time of recording, uh, Mass Effect (laughs) has been released, Yeah, but we actually don't have it yet due to... um, I'm assuming delivery issues. I'm assuming... Like, it seems the... to be delivery
0: issues of physical copies because
1: yeah, okay. there's no issue with the um, digital
0: launch. Would you just not just get it digitally or are you just getting a special edition or something? I just wanted the physical copy because I, right. I, I, I love physical copies and I, I thought the artwork on the cover of of this new uh, edition yeah, looked nice. so fucking sick. Like, so, yeah, I just wanted
1: to have it physically. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted physical because I was like, yeah, physical. Let's get physical. Plus, we didn't physical. know it was going to get... Delayed. Delayed. Really a gag with me
0: <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> so, oh, you wanted a game? Yeah, you may wait. You may wait. Uh,
1: <laughs> but you didn't actually answer what you're playing, Eric. You just. Uh, well, at you the moment, I'm playing, playing Resident Evil 8. As I am still waiting for Mass Effect. That is pretty much all I right, playing. Oh, and then, I'm watching all the new stuff that's on Netflix as well. Well, let's not fuck around. How many times have you beaten Village? It's either four or five
0: times. It's either four. How do you not know that? <laughs> what the hell it's either four or five well i'm a
1: guy i gotta wrap you have a busy life so i can't
0: remember clearly (laughs) clearly you've cleared a game in a week four or five times (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) fucking busy um i obviously the last time we were recording i didn't have village i can confirm i have since gotten village and i have beaten it once (laughs) um but that's what i've been playing lately um Adam I know be you're a probably... while before I get into it yeah you're the busiest of us I think at the moment i have still be gaming though oh what have you been playing call of duty mobile hey how's that going really good yeah it kind of makes me I kind of would want to get back into like console-based call of duty but I kind of feel like it's probably not going to be as fun people I... said uh that um warzone no, not well, yeah, people said good things about Warzone, but no, what was the newest one? Was it Cold War Is that it was called? Cold War was the recent one, yeah. Four oh, said that was pretty good. I know I had all those yeah bonkers fucking <laughs> John Wick shit happening in first person.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like Wow Yeah, Call of Duty Mobile <laughs> just feels it, it feels like really stripped down and like COD four or Modern Warfare Two a little bit. Yeah. In, in its multiplayer aspect like there is battle royale but i uh, don't really play that um but the the multiplayer is really fun and the maps are similar to cod 4 and modern warfare 2 as well they're um like the crash site one with the helicopter in the middle oh yeah yeah Um, i remember actually there's one of the maps i can't remember the name of it but i remember when we first got the call of duty 4 and uh, we would just do like local multi- multiplayer it was like me versus you two right, and oh. there was one map in particular which was like really really long in the kind of like a deserty area and there was like a building where i would just constantly snipe from. and you just have like you just couldn't find me and i think chris you got really pissed off you were just like this is ridiculous it's not even fun <laughs> cuz you just kept coming out it was like <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me alright but that map uh, <laughs> that map was in it um Cool. Yeah, it's, it's a good game. It's It surprisingly plays really well.
1: It's probably Check the best game on mobile. Really? Fucking hell. Right. No, at so, the moment. At the, the moment. moment. At the moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's more to come. Um. Okay, so getting on to the topic at hand today. Choice-based games, which is obviously inspired by the recent launch of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I mean, like we're saying we're waiting for it, but like we the these. By time this
1: is out, we
0: have it. I mean, probably, but also no, we've played these before. Like, we know what happens in Mass Effect, so it's not like you don't need to fucking like be like, oh, don't spoil it on us in the comments. Like, talk about it all you want in the comments, but um, <laughs> in terms of Mass Effect, then and then we'll use that as a jumping off point. Um, when you play Shepard, Eric, I know obviously you probably play them multiple times and you do multiple variations of it, but on your first instinct, are you Paragon or Renegade? Uh
1: paragon on first sort of on first place. Uh Renegade right when it's necessary, yeah. but mainly Paragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like I've never I don't think I've ever committed to one hundred percent one or the other. Mm-hmm. Which people often do. And even I find myself no matter how many times I play them making the same choices. <laughs> uh like you 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 would think it's like, no, I want to see what happens if something else happens, but then I'm like Ah uh, no, fuck you! <laughs> you like no. I really like shooting this guy during this cutscene. You know when you get one of those RTS that come up or something, and you go oh. and die. Um, yeah, I find myself often making well, except for the romancing options, maybe. Sometimes I would see what happens if he would spice she, it up. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's you know, let's change it up. Let's see what happens. You know, uh, except yeah. for Miranda, because she can go fuck herself. <laughs> I don't know why everyone likes Miranda. She's actually an asshole. Does everyone like Miranda? Yeah, she wears a yeah. swimsuit outfit. Yeah, it's, people seem to like Miranda as What's a character. The like? What's like? The... <laughs> I think she's annoying as fuck. Plus, she has I wonder if all... they're going to be. Is that coming out on PC or anything? I wonder if they're going to get mods oh, yeah. like Resiator. Oh, definitely. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd say the mods the... are
1: already out there right um... now. For Resi Eight or for Mass Effect? Because Resi Re- Eight, yeah, has yeah some, the Resi some... Eight mods are hilarious.
0: <laughs> well, I've seen some of the ones of Lady D. Um... Yeah, <laughs> I I I don't know where the whole obsession with Lady <laughs> D came from. Even even from that first trailer, like I actually don't know why she's been turned into this sort of a uh, sex symbol online. Like I, I I don't well I think it it's it's definitely a joke and it's just like people like running further with it. Yeah. Like, Is it it's hundred percent a joke. I'd say <laughs> yeah, I'd say it started off as like a slight kind of oh that's that's she looks nice to like being a a, a joke to an extreme joke to going full circle of people getting so aroused by the joke <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's taken on a, a life yeah. of its own. Yeah. Adam, you've played two and three, right? Have you played all of them? No, just one and two. I played the beginning of three. No, not oh, the beginning of three. I played as far as uh, there's a thing with the Krogans, isn't there? Like a yeah. Gen- Ch- chapter, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played as far as there.
1: Awesome, and and that's like, the best part of the game, man. You can't say no good. So yeah, good. it is.
0: Yeah, I, it was really good. It was the bit where your man um can't remember his name, but he kind of sacrifices himself in the tower, doesn't he? Morden. Yeah. Well, it's great. And I was like, mm, that's pretty good, and then uh just left it there. Okay. Uh, I
1: don't know if Adam. <laughs> Were you like? Words?
0: This game is peaked, so it's not going to get better, so fuck this <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you tend to play Paragon or renegade, or do do you even actively yeah, I kind of um, you do? yeah, I don't kind of actively go all right, I want to see behind the tricks you know like i I think that's why people might go, oh if I go full one way or full the other way, it's like you get to see what happens, and mm. uh, i I kind of just make my decisions of what I feel is right on the moment. Um, like, what would make Shepard a good commander at that point in time? Yeah, yeah. I got a feel. Yeah. yeah, I feel the same way, to be honest. Um, yeah. which tends to be Paragon more, I find, because because <laughs> you're a dick. No, Paragon is good. Oh, sorry, sorry the Paragon other is Renegade is the bad yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it tends to be Paragon more <laughs> because it's like, why would anyone still a dick? <laughs> like, be, be loyal to this guy. Or like be like, we need Shepard. Oh, he's like this. The or he or she is the shining symbol of humanity, the beacon of hope and stuff. Like it's hard to do that when it's like,
1: I'll fucking kill anyone who doesn't (laughs) who doesn't listen. It depends on your um, the background. I think that's one thing that's really nice with the first Mass Effect game is choosing uh, not just your backstory where you grew up, but also your reputation within the within the Alliance military. So if you went for Ruthless, they don't pick you because you're the shiny beacon. They pick you because they know you'll get the job done no matter what. So then you would carry that reputation. That that could justify then you being a renegade person more because they know that you'll get the job. You get the job done so they'll just put up with the bullshit.
0: Yeah, I think the choices and stuff you make, um, they're a lot stronger once you've played from the beginning, I think. Mm.
1: Yeah. Like, know,
0: they carry, especially they carry more the third weight. one. Yeah. Like, because there's not a lot going on in terms of new characters or anything in the third one. Yeah. And it's very much a culmination of what's come before. And the choices you're making are kind of final choices based on running storylines. So I'm like really to... excited to see how they're going to make the first one decent. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see like the little changes to the gameplay. Um I mean, I that think... one was easily the, the least fun to play. Certainly, yeah. even though it had a great story really good story and great characters but i think it's probably my favorite story out of the tree but it's just the most well i know eric loves that mind-blowing twist that (laughs) twist is so good i suppose i suppose uh, spoiler alert if you haven't played mass effect but anyway yeah just in case you're about to say what it is oh no i wasn't i was just gonna Sorry, Never mind, really good, I revolt yes, right. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> well, we are... There's actually just got to be spoilers for all the games we talk about, because we're going to be talking about certain choices and shit, so yeah. uh, just, um, just bear that in mind as we talk about games.
1: I do know that they fixed the, you know, the tank thing that you were able to drive? The Mako. The Mako tank thing yeah, in Mass Effect 1. I think they fixed the controls tank. for Goodness. that.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that is the definition of tank controls, right? <laughs> the fucking yep. mako. Oh, I hated it. I hated it so much. Like I, I never finished Mass Effect One. There's a little sin of mine, and I loved Mass Effect series, but I and I think I just then looked at a recap of the events, or I watched someone stream the end of it, so that I could see how it plays out. Cause I was like, I am so invested, but fuck this fucking mako. I hate it so much. Uh, and actually the gunplay wasn't even that fun that it's like even get it like so driving to the mission sucks and playing the mission sucks but all the talking and all of the lore and the characters that's great and the music is great so that's the and then obviously two onwards it's like oh fuck they've fixed everything no mako gunplay is amazing but it's like uncharted nearly like it's a cover shooter game and it's great yeah but I can't remember um well not, obviously I can't remember because I don't know what your experience of it was. Eric did you ever have like what do you think was the hardest choice to make throughout the Mass Effect trilogy?
1: Definitely probably it's probably in 3. Right. right. Mass Effect 3 does face you with a lot of a lot of difficult choices. Mm-hmm. Especially because Mass Effect 1, you're kind of like, oh, I'm making a choice, and I have no idea if there's any consequences, and I don't really care. And then it's you last for two, you realize, oh, that shit actually had consequences. Oh, my God. um, Oh, that was a difficult choice, but I had no choice in that at that point. But that was tough. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. That, that's Fuck me. There's so many. <laughs> there's a
0: lot. It, well, actually, okay. does, does Mass Effect, in general, is, is the choices element the best thing that it does in the series? Do you think... And then maybe we'll find out, as we're talking about it, if if, if there's a choice that you thought was
1: the hardest. Probably, uh, actually. Yeah, I, I reckon the choices it does are probably oh, best. no, No,
0: I, I don't think that's the selling point for me about the game. Because I think it could be a game without choices and uh, it's still going to work as a, as a decent game. Yeah. Um. But it probably is the best example of doing choice bases in in games oh really i probably yeah i think so um because it, it, it's not as um telling i think you know like how, a lot of a mean? lot of ga- well a lot of games like um detroit become human for example is one that people absolutely love as a choice based game yeah i feel I like probably... a lot of the choices that in that game you can almost determine the path that's going to be taken by that choice I oh thought you right. can you can predict the story like yeah you can predict where it's going to go yeah mm-hmm. um and uh well i felt a lot of telltale like that as well but um so th- with with mass effect i i felt it wasn't as easy to do that because the choices you make are based off of people's emotion and the time not not people's actions and it's right. hard to predict how people are going to react in that moment yes. you might make a decision and you might feel like it's the right choice but realistically whether or not you were listening to the person you're talking to they might react differently and yeah i felt that was like as i made decisions i was like surely this is going to be the right answer and people blew up in my face i'm like what um so, right, it's that Jack Miranda sequence. It is that <laughs> in, Jack that's Miranda about sequence. Two. I think that's not that it's the hardest in terms of like weight or levity or no. anything of like that, but if you don't have the right amount of stats one way or the other at that point, you're you, you literally have to choose between these two party members. Now, I always choose Jack because I have a bit of a soft spot for Jack and Miranda can go fuck herself, but at that point, you are like, fuck, like I, I want everyone loyal because it greatly um, increases your chances of winning this last mission. And also, it's really annoying that you have these kind of... Like, if you, at that point, lose one of them... There's no way you get them back. You can't get them back, and they forever stop talking to you. And some of my favorite parts of Mass Effect 2 is just going interacting with the teammates and learning more about their character. But they literally cut you off, and they go... Well, Shepherd, why don't you just go talk to Jack? <laughs> yeah, it was. What, uh, it's, it's not nicely handled, but it's it's pretty no, really no difficult warning. to predict. Yeah, yeah, there's no warning for it. I think that one was the hardest choice that I've experienced, only because <laughs> I never ever get to a point where I can avoid that, and then I always have to go. Oh well, time to cut off. Basically, even if they don't die, it's like they're kind of not my teammates anymore. Like they don't want anything yeah. to do with me. I have to cut them off. Um, it's obviously not the hardest in terms of. Well, yeah, actually, no. fuck that. The hardest one is comes in Mass Effect Three, and it involves Tali and Legion.
1: That's a difficult one. Yeah. That's a difficult one. That's a really difficult one. Yeah, because I, I have I have a few in my head, right? Yeah. So, what like one of them is from Mass Effect One, right? It's, well, two of them are sort of sort of from Mass Effect One, but one of those choices is again like the Miranda and Jack thing. If you don't have enough stats, you have to choose whether you're going to shoot one of your teammates or, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, so Rex. if you don't have enough stats, yeah, one of your teammates, the Krogan Rex, will die, right? Yeah. That's That was a pretty intense sequence. Uh, then you had in that same mission, and this is scripted. That's right. You have to choose between two. which of your teammates are you going to sacrifice for the greater good.
0: And they're kind of your best mates throughout the game. Like they're yeah. kind of um
1: well, at the time, it was pretty much determined that depending on
0: which uh, shepherd you play as one of these would be your love interest. Mm. Um and now, actually in the Legend edition, I think they've um done it in such a way that you can romance either of them no matter which version of Shepherd you're playing. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So one of them is supposedly your love interest, and the other one then is supposedly your best friend. That's kind of the way to do it. And then at this moment you have to let one of them die. And there is no way around it. As I either let the person you love die or your best friend die. Go. And you're like, thanks. Thanks, Bioware. <laughs> really having a good time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who do you always let I bet you you always let the same person die, do you? Or have you tried it? I mean, when I'm when I'm male chef, I would because you in first mass effect you weren't able to romance same sex. Yeah. Uh uh, I think, yeah, I, I would often not that I was romancing Ashley at the time, but just that I was I wouldn't usually save Ashley and then I'd leave Caden to die. When I was shep, then I'd save Caden and leave Ashley to die. Because um, you, uh, you know. Because you know. It's a tough one though. Especially when it's like uh, when you're leaving, if you have Caden with the, whoever you have, Caden or Ashley with the bomb, if you leave them behind with the bomb, they're there on the ground beside the bomb with, like, a hole in their chest, or at least they're supposed to while they're, like, surrounded by Geth, and then you just see the bomb explode from atmosphere, and it's like, ah. Oh,
0: yeah, it's it's a good sequence. There's some great sequences and some great payoffs to a lot of the choices. The one with um, with, with Tali and, and Legion in Mass Effect 3 is essentially like it's rough because it's, it's um I can't fully remember the ins and outs of it but it has to do with giving the geth free will doesn't it yeah. it's
1: allowing the the geth to actually harness the reaper uh, codes to yeah. give the geth free will and therefore the geth will then be able to use that coding to improve themselves and help you fight the reapers but the quarians are afraid not just afraid of that but because Aquarians want to take back their home and the Geth would essentially be shut down at that moment for just as, like, a split second, the Aquarians decide that they're wanting to open fire on the Geth. And then the Reaper code kicks in, so the Geth are obviously going to fire back. And you have to, if you don't have the right stats, you have to decide, essentially, who lives and who dies. Or, between, well, no, it's... Between it's, two races, essentially. Yeah, no, sorry. It's you have to... It's <laughs> Legion <laughs> wants to. Legion wants to upload the Reaper code. While yeah. the two races are firing at each other and you have to He's essentially... trying to save his
0: race. And if but if you help him and he
1: makes a compelling argument, if you help him
0: and you don't have enough stats, as you say, to kinda uh, help both the Quarian fleet gets destroyed and Tally, who's one of the like Mass Effect favorites, kills herself. Right in front of you. Yeah. Whereas if you don't let him upload the code, uh, all the geth get wiped out um, in their sleep, essentially. They get essentially murdered. And at this point, he's been kind of teaching you and you kind of come to an understanding that they do actually have kind of a, a life and they have an element of intelligence. Well, they're super intelligent, actually. And um, they're not all bad. It's yeah. one of the things you, you kind of figured out. They, they weren't all bad. And so it's, yeah, it's a tricky. That's a hard choice, I find. Uh-huh.
1: Then, yeah, there's there's then one choice in Mass Factory as well, which is difficult, based on if you choose Paragon or Renegade, and that is to do with the Genophage. Uh, what do you mean? So when you're Paragon, you're obviously going to tell the the Solarian Matriarch comes along, and she she tells you, if you don't cure the Genophage, you'll trick the Krogan. The Krogan will give you their full might and strength, mm-hmm. and so will we. Okay. So you have the Krogans and the Salarians. So therefore, if you are a Paragon, you'd probably tell the Matriarch to go fuck themselves, and you'd cure the Genophage. But you don't then get a lot of help off the Salarians. You just majorly get. But as people go, well, I want to do full Renegade. You would agree to that. That plan to trick them. Oh my god. It's so... It's it's not difficult in like the... Oh boy, I don't know which one to choose. It's difficult watching you having to like live with the choice because you're, you're stuck to it. You're like, I'm going to be renegade for this playthrough of Mass Effect 3. Right and now, I have to shoot my friend Morden to stop him from curing the genophage. You shoot him in the back, don't you? You shoot him in the back, and he crawls towards it. The build as the towers explode, and he barely gets to it. So the genophage doesn't get released, and every, all the Krogans think, Yay, genophage has been cute. We're all cured of genophage. And so oh, they don't like, know, yeah, they don't know. They're like, tank the solarian matrix like thank you we now you have your full you know we, we'll, we'll help you and then later on into it you're on the citadel and you're gonna go back to your ship doors open and rex is there to confront you that he had to watch his firstborn child die in his arms and he figures out that the genophage didn't get cured <laughs> and you did have to kill rex oh it's such it's so difficult to watch <laughs> as a <of> choice <laughs> that's fucking tough That's
0: fucking tough. Um, that seems like a case where it's like, that's one of those like, there's a couple choices like that where, no matter which one you choose, you're pissing someone off, right? And there's a whole other series of choice-based games that build themselves on that logic, but it's every choice, and that's the telltale games, which very famously, um, I don't know if you know this, um, moral dilemma in in this philosophical, moral, ethical dilemma, right? You've probably heard it before. Um, You're standing at a train track, Mm -hmm. right? And there's a train coming. It's about to hit five people who are tied to the track. Okay? It's about to hit them. Now, beside you is the lever to divert the train and save the five people. However, tied to the other track is an infant. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how a fucking Telltale game works. <laughs> Essentially. It does. Yes. It's like, here's two bad choices. No matter which one you do, someone gets mad at you and goes, fuck you for playing this fucking game. And you go, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thank you very much. Essentially, yeah. That's how the whole thing works. It's like, there's two yeah. people about to die. You, you save one because you need to do something. And then the other one goes, you fucking asshole. She's dead because of you. And you're like, well, actually, the zombie killed her.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. I, I actually didn't do fucking anything. What the fuck did you do? <laughs> Am I the only person here capable of making any kind of fucking choices? Well, actually, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Adam, you kind of famously seem to dislike <laughs> and we actually brought up these that's not of... that i've played many of them or anything no but choice like, based I... games came up on our very first episode of this podcast because we ended up talking about mass effect 2 i believe at the time and we ended up talking about heavy rain at the time because we were mm. looking back on the last decade and it was the 2010 games. yeah and we ended up talking a little bit about telltale as well at the time but i i do remember you <laughs> saying you don't really like them yeah I I, I never really understood why they're so loved. Mm. Because there's so much wrong with them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there really is. (laughs) They don't play well. They're very janky in terms of animation. They are very janky. The voice acting is piss poor. Not for Lee. Not for Lee from The Walking Dead 1. He's great. Why, he's named one character? (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) enough. (laughs) well like it's just like i think i always thought they were fine but the way they were regarded as just being like the greatest thing ever uh, i could never never understood that um and they're they're, like even when they weren't good like what i i walk dead one is supposed to be really great Mm. and two is supposed to be pretty good and it's like okay just because those two are good now all telltale games are good that, was see- I that think seemed to be the wolf attitude.
1: Among Us is, is regarded as very good as well.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I will say, and I've played a few of them, and I, I agree with all your criticisms. I kind of enjoy them only because um, I tend to play them with Ash. Yeah. They're easy to play, and we kind of swap the controller and see how the choices play out. But it's more yeah. of a choose your own adventure storybook as opposed to like a video game, nearly. It's like an interactive yeah. graphic novel, is the way I would look at these. Particular game I agree, yeah. And they are and, fun. Yeah. And they're to be fun honest, the past time. Um they probably, you know, they'd work very well as mobile games. Uh like they don't have to be console games or anything to, to But that's to where I first played them was on the mobile like they, they were on mobile before they came to the consoles. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that probably makes more sense. Yeah. Um and the price was a little bit more because on consoles they're like the same fucking prices. Like God of War, it's like this. What? <laughs> well, like I said that before, right? Where <laughs> it's like, is it fair that all games are the same price? Um, you know, and it wasn't necessarily just that comparison, but there's some games where you just you do look at it and you go, is it fair that this is getting charged at the same? Pr-? Now, okay, some will sell more, so yeah, that speaks for itself. But like, you know, there's a couple of Fifas out there where you're like, man. Like there's one famously where it was the same game re-released, so yeah. it was a IGN or someone re-released their review score, but they dropped it by one. To yeah, say, I think it was like you know, wasn't it like a re-release of 2019 or something like that? Yeah, a 2019 so, yeah. review. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, like should that be full price? No, it really fucking shouldn't. Uh, and yeah. just not just not enough content in there, and it's just not the same standard as something like God of War. Um. But yes, I always but, felt like the Telltale games um were famous for being like choice-based games, but it, it was, to me it was always the illusion of choice. Okay. And it's not like to the same extent as like what Mass Effect is. Like Mass Effect is I feel genuine choices that you need to make. Uh because it's not there in in the moment. Like I know uh choices you've made earlier on will affect the, how the game comes, uh, uh, comes into play, maybe in the finale or something of the final game in mm-hmm. one of the Telltale games, but it's still quite a linear path mm. getting there, and you can predict it. I feel. Oh yeah, well, I, I, again, I, I really do believe it falls into the formula of two people are about to die. Yeah. You save one of them. Now that person's family hates you for the rest of the game, and they just yeah. and and if you do it the other way, that person's family hates you, and everyone tells you you're a shithead and a scumbag. how would you like to feel bad for a while play a telltale game and they'll just tell you you're a shithead. and actually the whole community are kind of similar where like people who play these games uh, they like to meet up they'll play them and if someone makes a choice they'll go oh I can't believe you did that I can't believe you made that choice man and if it went the other way they would do the same fucking thing because they're both bad choices there's no good choice there's not a paragon to the renegades it's all renegade (laughs) that's all it is um but it's not the fucking spot <laughs> yeah with that train track dilemma what would you do <laughs> it's such a fucking stupid someone said that to me before comes up a lot but it's a stupid thing it's like well like hold on stop with the fucking that i only have option a and option b like can I run over and untie the fucking someone? Like exactly. Yeah, there's a lot. More... I, yeah, like how far away is the train? Um can I call someone and say stop the fucking train? Can I like my immediate reaction would not be oh I got to pull that lever. I wouldn't even think of that. That wouldn't no. come into my mind at all. I'd be like fuck, someone needs to stop the train. That's what I mean by these like kind of a, it's almost it is the illusion of choice because you're being f- you're essentially being forced to make a decision based on one of those choices being something that you just wouldn't do. Yeah. Right? Now, in that situation, both choices are hard. Both both of them are really hard. Yeah. But if it was five criminals and one infant... Yeah, now now you're looking at... Yeah. Well, the other thing is... That's not a choice, though, is it, really? That's... No. It's it's making you choose to save the infant, like, essentially. Yeah, well, the other thing is the... So if the train is automatically going towards the five people. Yeah. Then you're like, "All right, is my by not pulling the lever am I responsible for the death of those five people or is it the person who tied the five people up on the fucking train track?" Yeah. Like, what did I do? I witnessed the murder. I, did, <laughs> I didn't commit yeah. the fucking murder. You know what I mean? Like that's the it's like they put it to you as if it's like it's, you know, it, it's all on you now. And you're like, well, hold on, like who else is involved in this fucking thing, and who's driving the train, and who tied the people up, and who tied the child up, and yeah, it's a, it's a That's silly, kind of like I, silly I, dilemma. Like I wasn't mad on um, to try to become human either, because I did feel like a lot of those choices were like that. It's like it's it's a one or or the other type of choice where right. both. It's like the outcomes. Um, they they didn't even like there. There was I remember making some choices and. I was just playing, I think it was Connor. I was playing mm. Connor as an android. All right, I'm like, I'm just going to play him as an android because that's what he is. He's a fucking android, mm. so he's going to play him as an android. And he just ends up, like, at some point fighting with his partner. What's his partner's name in it? He's like, um, Patsy oh, Brown. um, yeah, yeah. let's we'll just call him that. Okay. Right. Let's just yeah. call him Clancy <laughs> Brown. Who's was great in everything, by the way. Clancy yeah. Brown is amazing. And he just ends up fighting them and then killing them. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, (laughs) where did this come out of? Like, where did this, like, it it was, it was just, it was so weird. It was like, I didn't play it that way to get to that point. But it just, it's like, as if it just went, yeah, no, but we kind of wanted you just to experience this story, you know, it's like, you either kill him or you don't kill him, you know? That's like well, soon there wait, should you, be a lot more you mentioned... choices than that, though. As soon, soon as you Brown mentioned as Connor, Android or thing, it's Connor like as if Nancy. the system is listening to you, and it's like lagging the fuck out of you because like it's like it's trying to edit what you're saying, and it's saying oh, like it? "shut the fuck up, Adam." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, you know, don't reveal nothing. Um, but eventually, the sound caught up, and we got you. Fuck you, system. We we got him. We know what he's saying.
1: Um, Eric, you fucking loved Detroit try becoming become human. I did. Um, I did not really like it. Tell uh, me what you loved about it. Yeah, tell us. I, tell us what I loved about. the choices. Uh, <laughs> uh, was it the so, choices that made the game? Well, no, it was a team of people. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm both... <bummed>, <laughs> that,
0: that was fucking beautiful. That was great. Um, oh, was it the God, choices that one. made the game? No, it was a team of people. Oh... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I hate you. <laughs> I
1: forgot about the tire joke. That was yeah. a good one. Uh, anyway, um, because, because yeah, I also played it as a android as Connor because I was like, yes, Connor's is going to be an android. Marcus is going to be the rebel, mm-hmm. and Kara is going to be really interesting at the start and then become really mundane and nothing by the end of it. Grant. That's how I kind of viewed her story. I thought her story got a little, nah, until the very end. I was like, holy shit, we're like Jews in concentration That's weird, that's like the up. only character that's I actually cared about. Yeah, that's really interesting. So uh, keep well, going, no, then I
0: th- I'll add on my point,
1: but that's really right. interesting. So I thought she was interesting. Then I thought there was a large section of kind of like, mm, okay, nothing. Like compared to the actual story that they were really focused on, Kara didn't really have much impact and I thought why they were building up to her having an impact but she still didn't really have an impact but then when I got caught and they were put in you were watching all the machines getting destroyed you were like holy shit right when I was playing it and then even with Marcus I was always so peaceful throughout the whole thing because I did think right well best be peaceful right? that would be the better choice Uh, but the fact that still the police came in they destroyed the whole ship they were shooting everybody then I decided okay let's let's shoot these mofos up so I started (laughs) a rebellion right Yeah, and then with Connor I was being an android for the whole thing so that he essentially became the antagonist oh god I had to make such a hard choice at the end because I did by the end of it Clancy turned on me and I shot and had to shoot and kill Clancy as Connor Yeah, and then I then Connor goes into the into the war zone and I had to choose between Marcus and Connor. And I remember I had to do that earlier on on the ship, choosing to Marcus and Connor. And I think I chose Marcus at that section. Marcus killed Connor. So then for this one, I went, okay, I'm choosing Connor. <laughs> so Connor killed Marcus. The rebellion ended. Pretty much all the machines were wiped out. There. And Kara and Kara and Alice were like sitting, like completely stripped of all skin and clothes and everything. So it was just their kind of metallic. And they were just sitting, hugging each other in this trashy pile of robots. And I was like, this is such a dark fucking ending. I love it. Yeah, that's
0: grim. That's grim. It was such that's a dark ending. Yeah. So, so interesting what you're saying, though, because my whole push forward was Kara's story. I thought she saying, was the best. Yeah. I thought her story was the best thing about the game. And then Connor, and then Marcus, I really, I really no, didn't yeah. enjoy Marcus's, Marcus's story at all. It's
1: fine, I think, um,
0: yeah. Well, Marcus's whole section to me felt like a Ubisoft game. It felt like a Watch Dogs game or something like that, Um, whereas the other two had this gritty Noir and Blade Runner kind of thing going on. So that was really cool. And honestly, um, I enjoyed the game. I don't think the choices made it, though. Like, it's cool what you're saying about, like, that if, you know, if you go down one path, you can get these dark, horrible endings or you can get a very positive ending um but ultimately i felt like they could have achieved that by just at the very end giving you one choice with an alternate alternative ending you know games that do that um i don't think they needed choices in this game i think they could have no. told a straight narrative kind yeah. um it probably would have been more interesting because the best thing about the game is the little twists and turns that happen that are scripted that are not choice based <laughs> versus their other game um uh, well not their they've done other games previous obviously but I think their other like this was their best game since Heavy Rain, if you ask me. And Heavy Rain, the choices seemed to really matter to really shape the narrative. Like you can play it really differently, you still get that big twist either way. But like you can lose characters at certain points in the game, or you can lose. You can have a totally different section. It's like, oh, I never went there. What are you talking about? That never happened for me. Um in heavy rain. Um I thought they handled choices better in heavy rain. Mm. But they had a really interesting world in Detroit. And I was like, I don't think you need to make choice based games all the time. I think you know you've got really interesting concepts. Why not just fucking make a a adventure and you Yeah, have it to actually play felt, Cause characters? I remember playing the demo to Detroit, which was Connor uh investigating the kind of apparent business, right? Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It was i remember cool. playing that and i was like yeah i don't know i don't know if i want this game because it felt dated the uh, like the mechanics of it or yeah like i felt like when i was playing it although it was on the ps4 i was like i felt like i stepped back 10 years playing this game and it's like although it looks beautiful yeah. and the acting's great the visual effects are great. Yeah, it's just the it? controls I just felt
1: was... I think they could have made it much more engaging. Yeah. I think the, the constant walking everywhere is a little like... Hmm, we're in a hurry. Surely you'd do a brisk jog, maybe, or something. I don't know. Yeah. The walking... I, I, I felt that
0: the, the music and the, the tone and the characters were the best thing about that game. In terms of gameplay... Yeah. I didn't think it was particularly engaging because, yeah, you're you're just walking. Um, uh, there's very little pus- puzzle solving or anything like that, so really it's down to the choices. Yeah, and at that point, it's like okay, the choices feels like a slightly tired mechanic here. Um, the game is more interesting than it plays, I think. Like the stuff that's in it you could dissect this game and write essays on this game and stuff. But all of that actually talking about the game is more engaging than actually playing it. That's what, that's really how I felt about the
1: experience. I yeah, like, I think yeah. like, Adam said the same about the game before is that in, in terms of its, its theme, it's not a new theme. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but it's a, like, it is a theme that you can't up at age. But I remember I was, when I was in college, the three of us stayed up until anyway. I think we started at six o'clock. We didn't finish until about like one o'clock. We played the whole thing from beginning to end, and it was actually really fun because there was three of us. So one of us playing Connor, the other yeah. one was playing Marcus, and the other one was playing Kara. Just watching the decisions and everything and all the choices. I cannot remember. I think I think we I think the person who was playing as Connor made Connor deviant, so broke free from the code and went against them. And we won. I think we we got freedom. Kara crossed the border. And we you know, we had all the uh, the androids freed. And it was great. It was amazing. But there was a failsafe in Connor. Do you remember Connor's handler that he kept talking to? Yeah. She put a failsafe into him and then took control of him. I think, like, Marcus ended up dying. So Connor was in charge of all the androids. So the failsafe went into him. And then he was essentially going to take over all the androids and make them obedient again. And it was right. such a twist the end it was it was really good but yeah i, I suppose
0: uh no and not i think a... that's actually one of the most fun way to play these choice based games is if you have a group of people you give them mm-hmm. a character each and suddenly now it's not that you're kind of like especially in a game like detroit actually where it's like you're you're not connor and you're playing against yourself all, almost and you're like sure like don't like am i making drama yeah. for the sake of drama or whatever Whereas if someone else is playing it, and they're like, no, fuck you, I'm going to fucking catch you. And then you're playing as Karen, you're going, no, fuck you, i got to cross that border. That's a really fun way to play that, and that'll come up in uh, another choice-based game that I'd like to bring up shortly, which is one of the most fun ways to play that game. But for the moment, because this is developed also by the guys who made Heavy Rain, I can't talk mm-hmm. much about Beyond Two Souls. I don't know if that was as choice-heavy, was it? It is, but it's kind of similar. Like, yeah, it's um,
1: very kind of you're you're going to get there.
0: Yeah, you no see, I think what. that's what ma- like, and that's why I think Mass Effect is one of the best in terms of choice based games, and Heavy Rain is because the decisions you make, like Heavy Rain, I think is so much more powerful than Detroit because the decisions you make are like uh, uh, between human beings. It's just conversations between human beings. Sometimes there's an action piece where you have to make a decision. Uh, yeah. but they there are very few. Most of the decisions you have to make is like, what do I say to this person? And how's that going to affect, you know, a decision going forward? Whereas Detroit to me was like that's why I preferred Kara's segment over the other two. Because Kara is constantly trying to say something to look after a kid. And mm-hmm. that to me is way more interesting than Marcus trying to Set up a fucking rebellion where everything is like action-based decision, and in an action-based decision, you've either got you do the action or you don't do the action. Whereas in a conversation, there's just an infinite number of ways that you could have a conversation with someone. Yeah, I think that's much more interesting. Well, heavy rain is a shining example of of a choice-based narrative. The killer could die. The killer could go to prison. Someone
1: else could get framed for the murder. You know, um, we talked like. Thirty-eight like... endings or something like that. I think, I think there's like the crazy. same amount for like Detroit. There's about thirty-eight endings for like Detroit mm-hmm. as well. Like, but
0: And when people say that as well. Like that. It always that sounds like oh, that's crazy. But it's always really it's subtle variations of the same ending. Really, like you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but I do think that I think Heavy Rain was the first, um,
1: proper choice choice
0: based narrative game that I had played. Um, no, not that it was the first ever choice based game there's loads in the past i suppose those choose your own adventure games yeah is where these kind of came from right and those old pc yeah. games where it's like you know you, you're given these choices whatever you choose it takes you a certain way or even look at those like lone wolf books or something that's like right. that. yeah that's, right? say that. yeah, the that's where these things these games came from in a similar way like rpg games came from old dungeon crawlers and stuff or board mm-hmm. games they're all based on like experiences that have come before but heavy rain really worked for me because because there's an investigation there's a mystery there's um you know the this noir drama thing going on um yes yeah and the choices really matter they really really matter in terms of actually solving the crime and seeing will the killer get you will always find out who the killer is so it's not like oh your experiences will be tainted by like i made the wrong choices so now i don't know who did it yeah i think that's probably king yeah yeah Yeah, but whether you win or don is similar in that way Because Until Dawn's decisions are really just, they're boring in comparison to some of the other that we just mentioned, right? In in Until Dawn, it's like, you do the thing or you don't do the thing. It's like, you either die here or you'll die later. Yeah. Um, But what makes that enjoyable is that there is a mystery. So no Mm -hmm. matter Mm -hmm. what you do, even if the decision you make is bad, you'll you'll get some sort of satisfaction at the end because there's a mystery to, to be solved and the trick not have that yeah well i think as well it works in until dawn's favor which is the it, it, that, that is the game i was referring to where it's like that's another one that's a really fun one to play with a group of friends and give the controller to different people obviously yeah. you can't do that in covid at the moment but like that was like they even knew that people played it that way so that when they started making these um these dark picture anthology games they added in a feature where you play online and someone in another house can take control of one of the characters or or swap controllers. Mm -hmm. Um, So they knew people played it that way and they actually integrated it in. But doing it that way makes it so that like, because there's moments where you could fuck over a character. Now, if you're playing as all the characters, maybe you're like, well, I'm trying to make everyone live. Like, that's my goal or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you might actually be like, no, I'm going to try to save them, obviously. Whereas if someone else is playing, they might be like, I'm not risking it. Fuck you. I'm out of here. You know what I mean? And that adds fun to it. The other thing is, if you make bad decisions in that game, it's a b-movie horror right yeah it's satisfying it's okay if the decisions are bad it's okay if someone gets fucked over and gets their head ripped off because it's a horror it's like actually the less people that make it out of here alive the more satisfying this game will feel in a way because it'll feel like the threat was real and Mm. like i love the little police report at the end where it just ends with like whoever survived talking about their experience to the police and and that's it and then it has a little kind of end credit horror scene Mm mm-hmm which these kinds of movies usually have, where it's like, "Oh, they're out of the woods," but are they really? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that shit. Like, "Until Dawn" yeah. was fucking great. I loved it so much. Did it need to be choice based? Maybe not. I think so. But actually, it, it, yeah, it's a fun. It elevates it. You think so? Yeah, I don't think it would be as great of. I, I yeah, I don't think it would be as good as the game if it had uh, some other mechanic to it. I think it's this the whole. You know, when you watch a horror movie, it's like, don't go through that door. You fucking idiot. Don't do that. I'm now finally <laughs> putting that into your hands as as a decision. I think it's, it's so clever. Yeah, it is in <laughs> a way, actually. And um, I think as well, one of the things I love about Until Dawn is the, which hasn't been done since maybe the early Silent Hill or Resident Evil games, is it had the balls to do fixed camera angles. Yeah. And it works so fucking well. Like it works yeah. really well. I remember being obsessed with the way the camera was used in that game because it would do things like the camera is at a certain point that you don't want it to be at, and something would be running on a pipe or something in the like it. Yeah. It didn't do it in such a way where it feels like tank controls or just shit controls. It did it in such a way where it's like it was just building a mood and an atmosphere. Fucking love until dawn. <laughs> play that anytime. Fucking gonna play it now after this part. No, I'm joking. I what, what, what would be your f- favorite choice-based game that you've played? You know I'm going to ask this. I have to ask this.
1: Yeah, and I'm um, going to say Mass Effect.
0: Yeah, but which one then?
1: Oh, you <laughs> <dick>. <laughs> no, Oh, no, you're such I, a
0: paragon. Yeah. I would like... I, no, but I'd like to as well like, throw it out there. It's uh, not necessarily which of these games is the best game, but for the choices. Like, that the choices were done the best, or it was the best... Um, Game I've played where the choices felt meaningful. Do you know what I mean? Like the best choice-based game versus the best actual like overall package. Get what I'm
1: saying. Get what I'm saying to you. I get what you're saying to me. I just don't like what you're saying to me. Uh, uh, it would still be Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> which one is uh, uh, two? When it comes to choice-based, it'd be two. I, I I think I agree with
0: you. But I'd like to hear your because. I just didn't know because was coming. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's it now. Just leave Stop it there. there. No, no, I'd you, love to
1: hear your because. Because why? Uh, because it has both a uh, grand scheme choice to the actual story and, and to the people and locations. Mm. For instance, like at the end, you can choose whether to destroy the collector base or just purge it of all life for Cerberus to get at it. You know what I mean? That that plays a role within within 3. But also the choices with your teammates, and not just whether they're going to be loyal or not. For instance, as you discussed earlier with uh, Jack and Miranda, but the choice on whether they're going to survive the mission, mm. and the choice of like upgrading the ship, and whether that will actually affect whether people survive or don't. Like so, all that it is a, a, a perfect well, not a perfect, maybe there is some game we haven't played that's a perfect example of choices, but it has so many different layers to its choices Yeah, that yeah. you don't realize the importance of it until you end up coming out of that suicide mission with only three people left and you're like, oh maybe I should have improved this ship or maybe I should have listened to this one talking to me and, you know, talked about drugs and heavy metal bands rather than always pick the Paragon choice and now this murdering psychopath has fucked off, and we'll never find her again.
0: Yeah, well, I I think I, like I would agree. I think it's Mass Effect two out of all the ones that I've played as well. Um, and it is because it's not so obvious. Like, there's obvious points where you have to make choices. Hmm. That's great, and that has a little impact on either that mission or that moment, or maybe a moment later on. It's not so obvious. At no point does the game say, "By the way, like you better you know do something." about your teammates and and make the right choices and shit or they could all die it doesn't actually give you that warning or that heads up and whenever teammates die in the first game like you were explaining earlier it is usually like it's a moment it's a choice at that moment and you actually know you're choosing whether one of them lives or dies right it's that a or b option this time around, like, I remember playing Mass Effect 2 the first time, and I was kind of just, like, sailing through the story and enjoying it or whatever, and it got to the end, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? And my ship got fucked up, everyone got fucking killed. I was like, what? What? Is that supposed to happen? Like, I didn't even know if that's supposed to happen. And then you'll find it's like, no, that's because I haven't been, like, like, I haven't been really doing my job as commander on this ship, and it has cost my crew. And then even, like, deciding, oh, who should go into the vent or something like that, right? And it doesn't say, oh, if you pick a certain person, they'll die. It's just who do you want to pick? And depending on who you pick, could they could die or they might not die. Um if you made a lousy choice like, oh I'll put that person in the It's like, but they're actually not good at like engineering or whatever is required there. So actually they have a really bad chance of pulling off what you want them to do. It's like if you're not using people and their strengths and stuff. So and then there's like bigger, more meaningful choices that can actually catch you off guard. But it doesn't kill your experience. It actually, like, I was kind of happy when I got to the end and I only had three people. Because, um, like, I think when you know how to save them all, that's cool and all. Because you want them alive for the third game. But at the same time, it doesn't as it doesn't feel like a suicide mission as much when they all live. Whereas, like, when I got out the first time with only three people left, I was like, holy fuck! Like, that was intense. And I lost a lot of people that I I'd grown attached to that I cared about. So, yeah, I think it does it really, really well. Um, Adam, what was your favorite choice-based game of the ones you uh, played? Heavy rain, uh, definitely. But I, I do love my my favorite type of choice-based games are games that aren't obviously choice-based. So, Bioshock. Um, oh yeah. Spec Ops: The Line. You don't expect them to have this element of choice, and because that's not their thing. That's not really their selling point. Mm. But there is choice within it. That gives you mm. different endings. Depending on what you've done. And I, I think that's really special. Because there's more to it. It's similar to Mass Effect. I mean there's more to it than just choice. You know, There's other gameplay elements to it. That keeps it really interesting. Uh, on top of the choices that you can make. Which uh, just adds replay value as well. But there's something special about that. When you playing a game and it 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 does actually matter what you do in it oh yeah definitely and again and that's like at the beginning when we were talking about like what we're saying choice based games obviously all games have choices yeah it's it's about these narrative choices that shape the the kind of experience um here's a difficult one that always came up but i'd love to talk about it just because it's a game that we all love right um Metal Gear Solid 1 famously I oh, had yeah. a choice at one point. It didn't really warn you, did it? It was like, no. Didn't really warn you, but then you realize that it's like if you could put up with the torture scene, then you could save
1: yeah. Meryl. And if you give in to the torture, Meryl dies. Yeah. Fucking genius. On top of that, depending on what you choose depends on the special item you get at the end of the game.
0: That's right, save yeah, whether you get Meryl. the
1: bandana or the stealth. If you save yeah. Meryl, you get the infinite bandana, but if you sacrifice her, you get the stealth camouflage. It well,
0: made it made you want to do both, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't Does want it? to kill her. <laughs> no. We it's didn't know you were when... gonna, did you? Yeah. No. And, uh, yeah, I don't think... I I definitely in my first playthrough I I saved her. There was no way I was gonna give up on that. But then when you realize what you can get if you do let her die, it's like, oh okay, I'll play it again and <laughs> she could die this time. Interestingly, in my first playthrough, I didn't save her, and I didn't know that okay. giving in meant. She dies. I knew, because I'd seen you play it before, um, or at least parts of it, and I knew that Meryl can die, but I didn't know what was the... Trigger. Yeah, I didn't know what was the deciding factor. I know Ocelot says some stuff that kind of alludes to to the possibility of it, but I didn't realize that I was just like... I was young, and I was like, fuck this, this is hard. Like, gave in. And then, and he actually, like it kind of plays out a similar way where meryl is tied up on rex and liquid literally says you know you you, if you can get to her in time you still have a bit of time to save her Mm -hmm. the only difference is once you beat liquid and get over to her you start shaking her and stuff and she's she's not alive versus when she and so it's only then that first time that i realized i was like oh shit what did i do what did i do wrong like why is meryl dead and then, you know, you realize that it was, it's all based on that torture scene. Such a good... It's really, really good. Like, it's it's such a cool... Because that's not an, a choice-based game. No. No. And yet, it threw in a, a curveball like that. You know? I it's probably... It is the really only cool. one that really does that. I know there are choices throughout Metal Gear. Mm. Uh, but not like that. Not something that changes... The outcome of the ending. You yeah, know, obviously there's choices in how you
1: defeat bosses, for example. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. I, I mean, Snake Eater has like there's different like I mean, different openings. Like really, it's like you have a different face on, but like the end, there's like loads of different ways to um. Oh, like the ocelot.
0: How the ocelot thing plays out
1: can play out differently. Yeah, like the if you, at you shoot at him, if Is you it? purposely. And yeah, I also mean the boss the End, yeah, the, the one, with the sniper. Yeah. There's like oh, four sorry. different ways
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. of fighting I mean, him, yeah. That's a tricky
1: one, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a real, oh, you really got me there. <laughs> uh, there's a choice in the prison whether you go to sleep or not.
0: Then, like, oh, the Castlevania sequence, I love that. That was so fucking cool. Yeah. Is that actually from one of the Castlevanians because it looked no, weird. it's
1: it's not, no, um, it's just an inspired, but... yeah. I thought, yeah.
0: It was, I thought it was
1: Devil May Cry inspired because you're going through a very similar sort of city street thing, you got these big police
0: guys. It's a... No, it's like a prison. It's a prison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: it's still like that sort of modern urban idea and you're fighting these weird zombie police officers and you have these two hook blades.
0: The reason it's Castlevania-inspired, though, is because it's Konami.
1: Uh, Ah. And I believe wasn't he the
0: producer of the Castlevania around that... or one that came out on
1: PS3, wasn't it?
0: I mean, he could have been. I'm sure at the time they were getting him involved in everything. He's just...
1: that was a nice looking game. That that one was the Lord of Shadows or something. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say That yeah. was a nice looking game at the time. Yeah, I going to oh, agree yeah, with that you. That looked
0: pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, Lord of Shadows hadn't come yet, not by Snake Eater. I don't think. No, no, no. It, it, was, PS3, on PS3, so it was it PS3. Been... Oh yeah, on the PS3. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there a game that has had choices that just felt? tacked on or unnecessary in your opinion or it's like oh this is just here because people like this kind of stuff
1: but it's not it's not necessary horizon zero dawn is the person that pops in my head oh yeah.
0: yes the dialogue choices which makes yeah so you have sense dialogue choice yeah, and you're yeah, like yeah okay you know, just, that feels to me like an untapped i i think they were i think that's going to play a big role in the next one I'd say it was possibly either running out of time or Mm. they were just experimenting with it and getting it built in. But yeah, that felt. Well, it seemed like any consequence in it. It seemed like that's just designed to like you could find out more if you want, but you don't have
1: to. But like not just Uh, that, but some of the missions felt like maybe they should have a choice, but there isn't a choice and. Yeah. also because you have a choice of what you can say but again like it's all going to be a sunshine lollipops yeah. and rainbows but and it's i think choices would fit into the whole horizon thing like yeah act,
0: it, it would be yeah. a good idea
1: um if it is in the sequel
0: where um you know obviously they're still going to have that dialogue choice stuff because it was in the first one mm-hmm. but if this time around it actually has uh like cause and effect it would be a welcome addition, I think. It would really suit the the world that Aloy is in, um. So I'd be cool with that. And I'd agree. I think that's one that feels weird. Another one that feels weird, it's not as obvious as that, but like Final Fantasy fifteen sometimes has like dialogue choices that mean nothing. Like it's it's just it's just silly. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, it'll be things like uh, you're driving in the car, and Prompto might turn around at some point and go, Hey, not who do you think I should take pictures of next? Uh, like, <laughs> you're like well, does he not just automatically take pictures of everything? So, and then you just pick the ones you <laughs> like the most, and then it'll like come up with options, and you like, you go, uh, Sure, Gladio, why not? And he's like, Cool, I'll do that then. And he turns back around, and you're like, Is that just a little interruption so you don't realize how long this drive is? Or like does is he actually gonna take just pictures of gladio now and he doesn't he takes pictures of everyone so it's just weird it, there's a couple of moments like that where you get to choose what to say and it's not all just photography stuff it's even just like yeah it's just bizarre it's weird to me hmm. it doesn't mean I think anything it's all, um not cho- not a choice game not choice based games but rather choices in games um uh, the Rockstars games lately. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. such a ch- uh, an illusion of choice. And so do uh, Bethesda games in recent years, too. There is a, mm. an yep. illusion of choice where get away from this person, right? So you have to, like, get away in a vehicle. Oh, but don't go that way. Oh, you, you went that way? Mission failed. Try again. Yes. And it's like, you, you, you've just given me an open world. Uh, I should be allowed to go anywhere I want. I should be allowed to do this in any manner I wish. And it's just, it's really weird that there's this illusion of choice. And yeah, I, in, I, I, I felt that in both Red that. Dead 2 and GTA 5.
1: I've, I've come okay. across that. I saw one joke where someone like made a joke where it was like, um,. <laughs> It was talking about that sort of where like the, 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 the makers give you the illusion of choice. So someone made a joke of Fallout 4 where he was like, oh, would you do this quest for me? And then you choose no. It's like, oh, I hear you said no, but how about you said yes? So here's the quest for you. So it's like <laughs> the illusion of choice. Yeah, yeah. You guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a big one where it's
0: like it just completely destroyed what made Fallout a great series mm. by stripping choices away altogether yeah and i actually um funnily enough um because you would take rpgs there's lots of choices and things and there is but there's choices more so in terms of what path you want to go down what quests you want to take on and that kind yes. of stuff but it doesn't yeah. shape the narrative and in a way i don't i wouldn't even include skyrim in a choice based game like it's worth discussing but i don't think it falls in that category people yes, could disagree yes. with me but i don't think skyrim falls in that category at all i think it falls into a different category even though Oh well, yeah it's an rpg yeah. yeah yeah and but even though you are making choices but it's not like they're not presenting you with these kind of choices that are actually going to change the way this game is going to end mm-hmm. it's just yeah what you, no like, i just i the only reason i brought up the rockstar ones was just because uh in a similar way to some of these choice-based games where it shapes the narrative it's like yeah, an yeah, illusion yeah. of choice and it's kind of a similar thing where it's like you know we're going to allow you it's like just the the objective is get away from the police um but we f- failed to mention that you have to get away from the police by following the exact marker that we've just given you on the map yes. And it's like previous GTA games weren't like this like it's like as as you develop things and things are getting much more. It's it's almost like a, okay. We need to make it way more cinematic. Mm. Well, the only way we can make it a cinematic experience is if we curate it and it has to follow a very specific path. Because if you go off that path, then it's no longer cinematic. It's just a game. And I think mm. uh, the Witcher Three probably does like a fantastic job of giving you choice. Yes, yes, it does. In how you play it. Yes. (laughs) But they seem to have have gotten rid of that with Cyberpunk because they're trying to make it... It's like, oh, yeah, well, we need to make a better game than The Witcher now by, you know, polishing absolutely everything and, you know, giving you a better experience, which just closes the box a little bit and removes choice. Well, can I ask Eric, which, which one of those games... By CD Projekt Red,
1: are a better choice based game? The Witcher Tree or Cyberpunk? The Witcher Tree. And why is that? Because it's a better game. Not just that it's a better better game. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Because I like it more. Yeah. Because it's better. Uh, Because the actual choices do actually affect. Things. or at least it's way more noticeable that it has an effect when you choose something right
0: because I feel yeah. like that, like the Witcher trees selling point right um, as far as I could tell when it was coming out it wasn't that oh check out this choice based adventure that wasn't the selling point that's just an element of the game the mm. The selling point was why not you be this badass monster hunter and hunt mm. monsters in an open world you're like yeah. cool I'll do that. Whereas Cyberpunk, I felt like the selling point was, you know, make your own choices and, be- you know, follow your own path and see who you're going to become in this city. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that was the a whole goal of that game. And then it was also a first person shooter,
1: which is a really bizarre choice. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that Correct. being that, that was a. Uh, that was in the advertising of the gameplay. It was like, "Oh my god, look at this mission! You can have so many different ways to tackle it." I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna believe everything you tell me because you gave me the Witcher tree, and that was great." I had to go, "Wow, that one mission does have loads of choice, and then every other mission afterwards doesn't." Right, right. Uh, apart from the end, the last mission has lots of choices depending on what you choose. But um, yeah, but, but I, mean, I mean, just the
0: narrative choices—not even just like the mission to mission stuff, but just uh. Like talking to people and that kind of thing, as in how they will in- react to you and stuff. I yeah, don't like, think like, you can talk to people though in it. I think there's very but, specific people to speak to. Yeah, am I right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you, it's like the generic, like you know, in like in Skyrim, and you go up to like, like a shot. The- <laughs> yeah, I mean, to yes, take two shots at this point. But yeah, uh, when you're in like um, what's it called, Winter White White Run. When you go to Whiterun Run and you go up to Nazim and you press the speak button, and all he says is, "Have you been to the Cloud District?" No, because you're super poor and I'm a rich douchebag. You know when he says that? Yes, yeah.
0: yes. That's that's the equivalent. In not so many words. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's like the equivalent of of Cyberpunk, where you go up and press talk, and it's like they say something random. I don't know. they do not say anything like iconic. So, but so what at there least moments in Cyberpunk where you have to. What I mean is like,
0: much like in say Mass Effect, like we were talking about earlier and choose where what it's like, to say, like no not just choosing what to say like choosing what to do and it'll have consequences does that not happen in the game or um it seemed like that's what they were selling it seemed like that was
1: the point was that you would have to make
0: sometimes a choice there, was, there was there was
1: sometimes that like i think there was one point i was supposed to buy like a like a particular spider bot for like a heist mission right and i just didn't really like the guys i was dealing with and they wanted me to like smoke some pot with them and i was like yeah i know i don't want to smoke any pot with you." Uh, and then i think they were just getting in my face and annoying me so then i went all right fuck this i had to pull out my pistol and shot on the face and then i had to kill everyone so that was an interesting but that was you did the the game didn't say like do this or that then no
0: does the game do that? That's what I'm asking. Yes, the
1: game gives you choices and then you choose the choice.
0: Right. <laughs> That's all I want to know. Well, I'm waiting you say that. You're making no, it I, awkward. The whole episode is that. about choice, Eric. i, I are talking, talking about Skyrim. Is, no, I'm talking about Skyrim. <laughs> 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 Not everything is fucking Skyrim. It should be. Welcome to the Skyrim podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that 10 year anniversary. I'm proud. I didn't bring it up once. It wasn't me. I didn't bring it up at all in this no, choice. Yeah, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. So I'm, I'm proud sorry. of anyway, myself. You did actually. No, you exactly. fucking did bring it up. You no, said, you know, like GTA, mentioned... or Skyrim, or. No, yeah. I didn't say Skyrim. I said Bethesda, you said Bethesda games. He said Bethesda. Oh, you, you said was Bethesda. And I, said, and I, I was referring Skyrim. to Fallout. Yeah, I That's why I said Fallout 4. Okay. The jury is in. The because that is, is one of the the I'm criticisms of, of Skyrim was that Oblivion mm. had more choices. Yes, some people prefer Oblivion for that reason. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. they're and, wrong. No, I'm joking. So there there <laughs> there is like a deterioration of like the the choices you can have because Morrowind is supposedly had even way more choices than Oblivion. So it's like the more and more they try to polish that shoe, it's like you, there's only so many ways you can wear it then.
1: Yeah, but there also is a sense of if you give too much choice, because I think I played a game, Divinity Original Sin 2. I was playing that on PlayStation Now. <laughs> Some fucking name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's it's a very choice-based, very D&D-inspired game. Right. So no objective can be handled specifically one way. You can do loads of things, loads of different things. I, I got past the tutorial which is we were on a ship and then the ship gets attacked and destroyed and then you wake up on this prison island and that's as far as I got because the game is so convoluted with its choices because there's so much to it that <coughs> sorry. <coughs> the bullshit. It's actually making me choke up <laughs> it's just, it's, Oh it's, my god. <laughs> it does it's the magic is killing me. Uh, technology after Adam Magic after me. Um I just uh, I just couldn't I just couldn't complete the I couldn't get past the island which right. was essentially the first chapter I couldn't get past the prison because mm-hmm. I think like, so while well, yes polishing and taking away choices is shit I think that having too much choice can almost overwhelm and take away oh, yeah, yeah but right. it's so like it depends balance.
0: on what what well, it depends on what you're doing it's like if you have a game um that's that's doing really fucking well Mm. Why then alter it to appeal to an yeah. even larger audience? That's kind of the point. As opposed yeah. to, yeah, like, I mean, I've to be honest, I've never heard of that game. <laughs> so, I mean, they probably could. It sounds a like bit. a lot of darts were thrown at names on a board, and that's, and that's how the name came out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... No, I don't think that's the worst one. Like, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's another one where it's like, geez, what are you? What do you mean? Or oh, the, sorry. The name, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the uh, werewolf apocalypse, earthblood, beaten, smashing, shooting, gear. That one. That title is like, what are you doing there, mate? <laughs> what? Mate, <laughs> hey, mate. <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? What about XCOM? Uh, Eric?
0: Yeah, what about XCOM? That was a choice-based oh, game. That's a, oh,
1: that's a, oh, that's a choice-based let me game.
0: Ask you now. Hold on. You always heard oh. XCOM two as well. So you're saying Mass Effect 2 is a better choice-based game than XCOM 2. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Obviously.
1: Oh, okay, okay. That is, okay. Wow. That is
0: XCOM, what. I think we can believe him on this answer then. I, I think we can definitively yeah, say we that. actually can confirm. Yeah. Like we still to this day don't really know what his favorite game is. Like we think. <laughs> no. You know, we did a whole episode of, on Skyrim take a shot. We don't know if that's true. Um, but we do know that Mass Effect 2 is actually his favorite choice-based game. And speaking of Mass Effect and space and all that mm. stuff. Yep. Um there was two controllers revealed a little while back. Uh two new controllers for the PlayStation 5 for PS5 players. Um that are based on the cosmos. That's why they that came to mind there when we we're talking about Mass Effect and space stuff. Um Midnight Black and Cosmic Red. New controller colors. We had a choice. Which one would you be picking up if you are picking up one? Black, Mid-
1: midnight black.
0: Yeah, midnight black. I mean, come on, like you know, PlayStation has been black since the PS2. So if I had to pick one of them, I was never really into those ones, you know, where people get like red or blue or green controllers. I was never into any of those. Do so, I really yeah. But so they're I like- only handy. I, love- I think that like unique controller colors are only handy if you're like if you've got, you know, you're living with siblings, and you have your own dedicated controller or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't want their sp- sweaty paws all over it. Do you think this suggests that there will be uh, matching color covers for the PlayStation itself? I think the black one definitely. Like, uh, they'd be crazy not to do a black PS5. People have been crying for it before the PS5 was even released. But the red is a yeah. bit. I'm not sure about the red. The red's it's weird. Al- it's it's almost magenta.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh boy, we're dishing out the big words here with magenta. Holy shit! We got one of <laughs> those educated folks. <laughs> <I'd>...
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: fucking hell! Try out the fucking color wheel there. Um, I I think I would um I'd be into black covers, Yeah, for
1: sure. Hmm.
0: But I actually like the white. I like the white PS5. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's different. It's bold. I yeah, I like them, it too. Well, well, the like nice it. thing about it is that you know they could just sell black faceplates and you just change the faceplates. So likely, well, I think that's, that's to do it. Yeah, that's probably what they're going to do. Then is just release matching yeah. faceplates with these controllers. Yeah. Um. If Eric, if they released covers, would you want to change it up? Like, would you prefer a black PS5 or do you like the white PS5? I like the white PS5.
1: Yeah. I do. I mean, I would be opposed to it if they were like, hey, want some free black? I'd be like, cool. Some free black would be nice. And then I get to swap out the, the plates for some, some black plates, and that'd be nice. Uh, but I really like the white. The white's nice. Yeah.
0: It's cool. It is cool. Um, And actually, those controllers are releasing on the 18th of June, everybody, which is my birthday! Right in time for me. <laughs> Maybe I'll pick one up. But let us know if you're going to be picking one up and also let us know if you're watching us on YouTube. Then, in the comments, uh, of all the choice-based games we've discussed, which one is your favorite? Or maybe there's one that we haven't discussed that you think is the best choice-based narrative game. Let us know. And also let us know, here's what I'd love to know. What's the toughest choice you've ever had to make in a video game? So everyone, think about that and let us know. So again, if you're watching us on YouTube, jump down in the comments let us know what's the toughest choice you've ever had to make in a video game and if you enjoyed this give us a thumbs up hit subscribe and click the notification bell helps us out a bunch if you're listening to us on audio platforms you can touch base us on social media facebook instagram and twitter and just tell us what is the most difficult choice you have ever made in a video game thank you very much for listening today guys we really appreciate it and we'll be talking to you guys next time bye 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 it's Say the hardest choice in relation to Mass Effect 2, is deciding to continue your save file on Xbox or playing it on PlayStation.
1: Right, oh. That's the easiest choice because you get to play it all again. <laughs> <laughs>